What's really good, my people? Welcome in to No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Sports edition. I got the Dream Team squad in the building. Nick the Quick is in here. Yo. T's in here. What up? This is the Tuesday squad. I've been trying to get these guys together in the same room for a couple weeks. We're in here. We're breaking down the uh, we're breaking down the Bulls. First off, they lost last night in Sacramento. We're gonna go through that. Go through the whole squad like we typically do. We're gonna touch on the NBA as well. We're gonna touch on the Bears. Brian Erlacher. First ballot Hall of Famer just got inducted over the weekend. Not inducted, but got the head nod to be inducted. We're going to talk on the Super Bowl. Big talking points there. We're going to break it all down for you guys. No catch up Chicago. For Chicago, by Chicago. Listen up. All right, Nick the Quick T. First off, like usual, what's going on? Nick the Quick, we're going to start with you. I ain't seen you in a couple weeks. What's going weeks. on, man? How we doing, man? Everything good? I'm good, bro. I'm, I'm living. You already know what it is. Yeah, you have a good Super Bowl weekend, man. Everything was Super everything Bowl was weekend kosher. was decent. Shout out my boy Fish for having me through. A couple Big people that was small. Yeah. Yeah, like two two or three fellas and their girlfriends. That's the way to do it, man. Yeah, we only had we had some people over at the crib. We had like six or seven people, man, real low key. I'm not I'm not big into like the whole like 40, 50 people at the Super Bowl. Like number one, it's hard to watch the game. Number two, I think you said it last week when I was listening, um, you got work the next day, so you're really not trying to go to work all messed up, even though I didn't accomplish that because I was still tore up on Monday, <laughs> so I failed. But uh yeah, man, Super Bowl for me, I'd rather have, like, no more than 10 people around me so you can actually watch the game, you know? So, yeah, it, w- it was good. T, I know you was you had the, the Philly fam in town. Yeah, man, we were watching the game. Uh, didn't really drink too much. So I was all right, but I ate a shit ton. Uh, hit up Buffalo Joe's. Hey, oh, big got up a party Joe's. pan from there. I'm still recovering from that. Um, but, yeah, it was a good weekend. It was, it was a nice break. Had to work from home yesterday to kind of recover. Yo, there was – I got a bunch of Philly cats in the office and, like, the new – so I'm I'm obviously in the Chicago office, but I work right. really closely with the New York office, and there's a ton of Eagles fans out there, and they were all out. Like, didn't come in. Yeah, yeah I, did, I was like, yeah, yeah, if you guys were expecting those dudes to show up, like, you had not another a, thing coming. And chance. the parade's on Thursday. I'm like, I don't expect to see them motherfuckers on Thursday either. So, it was a good-ass game. We're going to touch details on the Super Bowl. Yep. But uh, let's jump into these Bulls because they're right back on track, baby. Yeah, I know you're happy right they're, now. I'm right? happy yeah, as Sean, shit. You got your wish. Eight, I'm, I'm, happy as, I'm happy as I can be, bro. Yeah. Eight-game losing streak, blew a 20-point lead yesterday. That, that's what we need the rest of the season. Absolutely. Like, I think it's seven straight L's. Seven. It's yeah. seven, seven straight. Okay, I thought it was eight. Seven straight they L's. But they, eight of their last they go, ten. And it'll be eight on Friday, yeah. so don't trip. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm very happy, bro. They... Came out well. First off, you know how you look at the schedule. I saw Sacramento was on this. Oh, I'm like, damn, we can win that one. We might be able to win that one. <laughs> that was like the first thing I thought, right? And they come out last night like gangbusters. They're just busting ass. They gave up nine points in the first quarter. It was 28 to nine in the first. They were up 21 points at one point in the second quarter. I was like, damn, we're, okay, th- this is one we could get. This is one this we were going to get. It's one of those W's, whatever, yeah. like, no big deal. And mind you, it's the West Coast game, so it's getting late, and I'm on the couch like, man, like, it looked like we had control of this shit in the second half tip off, and it's kind of one of those games where if you've been watching the Bulls, they've been blowing these big-ass leads all year. Yeah, they're not good with big leads at all. 
We talked about that before. Too. Yeah, they're yeah. terrible with terrible big with leads. Terrible with big leads, yeah. Um, and we talked about how that might be the direction from Hoiberg, but I think at the end of the day, it's just they don't have any type of roster. You, you know what, man? When it comes to Fred, man, I don't mean to cut you off, but when it comes to Fred, I think everything that I saw during the streak and when they were playing well kind of kind of took away from what we were talking about earlier. I don't think it's him. I think it's just a lack of talent, a lack of veteran leadership to close out those games. So I'm not going to put that on Fred, man. Fred has uh, somewhat vindicated himself in my eyes a little bit this year. I agree, man. Uh He's never had the roster to play the kind of ball he wants to play. I feel like if he does, I mean, we, we can't judge him until he does, is what I mean. Um, yeah, that streak set us back as far as the tankathon goes. Uh, we would set us be, back is right, bro. Yeah, we would be in like good shape, man. <laughs> uh, how can you not, though? How, so, can, how do you, I don't get it. How, how can you want these dudes to win games? So, T, you weren't here when we, when right we were now. talking about this. But it wasn't that I want them to win games. It's just that I don't think that winning games is the worst thing for them. I'll say it again. Learning how to win, right, not blowing all these big leads that you have and kind of figuring out how to close a game in the fourth quarter is good for this team. It's a young team. They want to learn how to win. I don't think that we're good enough to win so many games that it's really going to be a problem. And now we're seeing that. This is what you wanted. They won some games early on. We knew it wasn't sustainable. That was good for their confidence. They can carry that into the next couple years with them, um, knowing that they can go on a streak, knowing that they can beat some good teams. But overall, man, they're not good enough to win any decent amount of games. We're going to end up where we probably would have ended up anyways. I don't know, though. If Dunn doesn't break his mouth and, and bust his head on the ground, Markinen doesn't have whatever trouble. It's a little gray area there why he's out. If Mir- You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but we th- still got pieces to move. We st- we're only going to get worse. From a roster standpoint, they're only going to get worse. I'm with you on the learning how to win thing, but that's for me. That's if if Laurie, if Dunn are on the court, with them missing, you know, there's really no for me. There's nothing to gain. I mean, there was yeah. never anything to gain when they was on the court. Right, but, but when they were playing, playing, yeah, when they were playing, it was okay to me. I thought it was okay, man. I didn't think it was sustainable. I didn't think they were gonna go on some 15, 16 game winning streak. I mean, at one point you mentioned they were six games out of the fourth seed in the playoffs, like. All that shit wasn't <laughs> happening. You know what I mean? Like, all that shit wasn't happening. They were never going to be a threat to make the playoffs. Because you knew no matter what, they were going to start making do- uh, moves, getting closer to the deadline, and selling off anybody who even looks like an asset that you don't want to carry forward, a la Miritich. You know what I mean? Brooke Lo- or Robin Lopez, you know, whoever one of these guys, if you want to take them, take them off our hands. Yeah, I think I read an amazing stat. that was I thought it was awesome, and I think that he needs to start the rest of the year. When Paul Zipser starts, the Bulls are 0-9 and, and lose by an average margin of 17.5 points. There you go. He needs to start the rest of the season. <laughs> they, need to run out, they need to run out Archie Godot. How do you even pronounce this shit? I don't even remember. Uh, it's Archie. It's Akadakano. Akadakano. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, however you call it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the white dude from Villanova that won the championship. Right. Campaign when he gets when he gets no, ready from the G League. No, that's Run what I'm hearing. Though. I'm hearing they're going to start running campaign. They're saying he's ready to come back. Um, so that's going to be huge for the Tankathon too. What do you need to see from campaign that you haven't already seen? I understand you want to tank, but you also want to play guys who are going to be part of your future. Campaign does not have a future in the NBA. So what what do you gain from playing him other than watching really bad basketball with a point guard? that might not even be able to set up some of these guys that you want to set up. I mean, campaign, you watch those summer league games, right? 
He could not even make a play bringing the ball down the court. He's terrible. He's awful. He might be the worst team in the league. He's awful. And I was just fucking around. Shout out Archie Diakono. I know how to pronounce his name. But just just so people (laughs) in the rest of the league, like, these are the type of dudes that we need to run out to keep getting these L's. This is a race to the basement for me, bro. Run out Archie Diacono, run out campaign, both so of them. You're scrapping all development. I don't, you don't want to bro, develop if, anybody if, with on-court time. If Markinen is not on the floor, if Chris Dunn is not on the floor, I want them to run. And, I mean, I want Levine to get his minutes just because he yeah, hasn't he needs played. His minutes. He needs his minutes, right? He played but, 31 last night. Bro, run out points. Archie, run out campaign, run out Justin Holiday. Run out Zipser, run out Felicio. They're paying Felicio eight million a year, and I don't Felicio know, I don't know what's go, going man. on over there. They're never going to be able to move off that contract. Felicio's here. Talking about Cam too, you just, you guys just got me uh, thinking of Doug McDermott. And uh, what do you guys think? You think that was something we'll regret getting rid of Doug? No. Is no. he going to have a 10, 15 year career? You're no. talking to the wrong guy. About he's not. Cam he's not a good enough shooter to 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 have that 10 to 15 year. Career. Yeah, he's a I big boy. He's six eight. As like a great shooter coming out of college. Six he eight with a, a burner. He he was scorer in college. He was a scorer in college, That's which true. a bunch of moves that didn't come over to the pros. It's not like he was JJ Redick in college. It's not like he had the super torch in college. He was a great scorer. Yeah, I'll take that. It was his size to me that stuck that said maybe this guy could stick around because, you know, he's a big dude. He's built like Mellow almost. He's not as strong, but he's 6'8", you know. Dude, he's what playing against you? all that, those farmers in that whatever conference he was playing <laughs> at in Crater, too. Yeah, but I was never a fan of McDermott. He, he's one of those shooters that couldn't shoot it in the league. Yeah. Like, he at Creighton, he was a monster. I'll yeah, give him he that, but nice. he, he used to bang down low. That's like, what all I'm that saying. He was a scorer. He had a bunch of moves that would never translate. And, bro, I'm not going to sit here and talk about uh, Doug McDermott on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's trash. That's, yeah, fuck no, out I don't regret any part of that. I mean, we didn't get a good deal on that OKC deal. That was a bad deal. You should have got something for Taj. Um, but, no, nah, I don't regret giving up on Doug McDermott. Yeah, no, no doubt. Let's talk about Zach Levine. Season high last night, 27 points, 9 of 18 from the floor, 4 of 8 from Trey. Finally looked like he wasn't forcing and settling for tough shots. Had his a shot sele- dunk, too. Yeah, his, yeah. yeah, yeah we'll talk yeah. about that. His, his shot selection last night was just – it was just in the flow. It was just better, better looks. And he wasn't – you can tell he was pressing when he first came on. Right. And, and I think he scored – he's been in the 20s the last, like, four or five games, I think, right. or, like, four or last six or something like that. Um, he's been doing his thing. So it's good to see that. How'd you feel about his performance last night? We could talk about that dunk. That shit was – that's the first real peak in a Bulls jersey we've got of his athleticism. He dunked on Jakar Sampson crazy. And the Kings actually sent Jakar Sampson down to the D League or the G <laughs> League after that, like this morning. Yeah, go get your confidence back, So man. Zach Levine sent my man to the G League, which was crazy. Um, how do you feel about his performance last night? Can he be a guy that – I'll even push it to like, could he be a guy that can get 26 a night down the road? 26? It's like 25, 26 a night. That's a tough number. I mean, if he has the opportunity, yeah, but I mean – I'll say if he's getting 26 a night, we're not in the playoffs. Yeah, we're not in the playoffs. He could do – I think he's somebody who could do 25, 26 a night. He was doing like 21, 22, but he's not going to go to the playoffs – uh, scoring 26 points a game because that means we don't have much around him. Yeah, he's capable for sure. But, yeah, I, I agree with what T said. Um, I don't think – if he's giving you 26, 27 a night, we're not 
we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Something went wrong. For now, though, yeah, absolutely. Like right Why now, do you say that, though? Is that just because that's not what he does? He's not Because he is a pure scorer. That's he, what he does, right? Why couldn't he be a big-time 25, 26-point player a night, marking and bringing in 18 and 10, Dunn bringing in 12 and 8, and then we have a, a young rookie that's in the top five that comes in and contributes. Why couldn't Levine I don't think go Zach for twenty five and score on a play, on a good playoff team? I don't think that's I don't think that's what he is. You know, what I mean, I think if but Zach, isn't he going to be Levine is your best offensive weapon? You're not. But isn't he? Isn't that the plan for him? I don't to be think... our, to be our biggest offensive weapon. Like, what is he going to like? What What do you see him being on the team then? I don't, what do you mean? The second or third option. Yeah, ideally, Laurie becomes like yeah. Porzingis 2.0, which is kind of send the ceiling really high. But if Not Porzingis really, is doing think, 25, 26 a game yeah. and Levine's contributing 20, you know, that's the best case scenario for the Bulls right now. And he'll go off for his games where he's probably going to have like 30, 35. But yeah, 100%. Laurie marketing needs to be the focal point of your offense and needs to be your leading scorer. And Levine should be a piece around that. But I don't think every night you should go out there saying, hey, Zach Levine's going to be our leading scorer. Zach Levine's going to take it home from us on offense. Do we know that, though? He's, what, 22? He's young, and he's got a lot of potential. So, like, wh- how do we know that? I guess you find out. I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's impossible, and he has the game to average 25 points a game in this league. He can score. He can put the ball in the bucket. Um, 27 points in 31 minutes last night when he hit four threes. Um, he had a great game. So, yeah, it's, he's definitely capable, but I just – it, it it's hard to describe, man. You know those certain guys who can score in the league, but if you say that's our leading scorer, they're not necessarily you're not necessarily winning games like that. Okay, let me let me play devil's advocate. T, I know you'll have a comment on this too. So then what about CJ McCollum? Because I I say that because the other night when we first started the three game West road trip, he absolutely filled it up on us. He had yeah. fifty. I think he had like fifty-five. Yeah, or something like that. He almost thirty had, in the first. Yeah, he had, he had thirty in the first quarter. He almost scored sixty. And I was sitting on the couch watching it, like, wow. Like, would you say the same thing about CJ McCollum? Not to say that Levine gets buckets like McCollum does, because McCollum is an absolute yeah, walking. Yeah, no, he's basket. an assassin. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would, but that's kind of the same the same thing people would say about him though. Like, if he's your leading scorer, you're not on a good basketball team. Right, and that makes sense. I mean, it's the same thing with C.J. McCollum, who plays with Damian Lillard, and they're still what? Uh, where's Portland right now? Seventh in the West? So, I mean, yeah, that's what you get with those type of guards, man. They can fill it up, but they, their game isn't necessarily the type of guy. It's not like... They're supposed to be role players, you're saying? They're supposed to be role players. Yeah, there's a difference between Kyrie Irving getting you 25 and Zach Levine getting you 25. You understand what I'm saying? I'll say C.J. could take you to the playoffs being your leading scorer, though, just because... He could handle that volume shooting. I don't know if Levine could could do volume like that and, yeah. and still keep up his numbers. Yeah, um, good point. McCollum could kind of catch it anywhere and put it in the bucket. Uh, Levine kind of has like certain places where he needs the ball. He's not that great on the catch and shoot, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I think that's McCollum's a good point. a little more dynamic. McCollum is a walking basket. Yeah, he gets. He can give it to you however you want it at any time, any possession. Like he can go to the basket. He can get to the yeah. free throw line. He can shoot it from deep. He can hit you mid-range. You know like, what? You can also give it right back to him, too, because he don't play no fucking defense. Him <laughs> <laughs> hey and Dame Lillard. That's, that, they that's need to break true. that up. Break that up. Yeah, Dame's been playing historically bad play D the past yeah. few years. Yeah, Dame Lillard is awful defensively. Break it up, though, and do what? I don't know. But, I mean, if, you, if, 
It's almost like it's almost like the Clippers thing. You got to look at what you got and be like, man, is this is this gonna win us anything, or are we always gonna be the seventh or eighth seed in the West? That's a whole nother conversation. But again, like for guys like that, I mean, you have to be able to stop teams, and they can't get a stop. Dame Lillard gets you thirty. CJ McCollum gets you thirty. But it doesn't matter if Steph's giving you 35 and Clay's giving you 35. You know what I mean? And the yeah. Warriors aren't the best example, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, they, they don't defend anybody in Portland. So yeah, no, I'm always enough. worried about those guys. And I think Levine has a little bit of that in him. I don't think he's a good defender. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think to get back on the Bulls, because we were talking about Levine, who got us to CJ McCollum, the walking bucket. What do you want to see in return for Robin Lopez? Like, what would you say is a fair return for Rolo? Is it just to get him off the books? Yeah, second rounder. Can just, I say something real quick about Robin Lopez? Yeah. As of like a week ago, I don't. It, it's got to be somewhere near that now. He was averaging the third highest minutes of his career. I think he was doing 29 minutes a game. 4.8 rebounds. 0.8 blocks a game. Mm-hmm. Like that, people who say he's like a quality, he, he might be a quality backup center, but he, he can't even be a scrapper. Like give me, I might take Zaza Pachulia over him right now. He's. Oh, wow. He's not doing anything. I mean, he's in a position where it's all, like, for him, we got to see his numbers because he's not doing anything besides getting anybody hyped. So if he's not grabbing boards or, or getting rebounds, like block, blocking shots, he's he's pretty useless for the Bulls. I actually kind of feel you on that. He's one of those guys, like, when you watch him, he looks like he's doing a lot more than what the stat sheet actually says. Yeah, like, the fi- I, I, have a, I have a thing about big men who can't rebound. You know, him and his brother. His yeah. brother was doing like five, six rebounds a game, yeah, too. Hey, hey, Brooke was putting up like 24 and 5. 15 feet combined, <laughs> yeah. 24 and 5. He like 24 and 5 in Brooklyn. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he doesn't care. Um, yeah, no, nah, dude, T, those are dead on. Yeah, not even five rebounds a game. five yeah. rebounds a game. That's crazy. So not even a, a little bit over a rebound a quarter. Playing 30 minutes. So, yeah, yeah, every six minutes. I, I, I swear he rebounded more I, than I that. I thought he rebounded. I'm telling you, he looks like he does, he but bad, yeah. <laughs> numbers. Like, I thought he was like 12 and 9. <laughs> wait, yeah. yeah. I was, wait, I'm shocked yeah, by this. I'm not yeah. even going to lie. That's a good I point. I was sure he was like 20, like, like not 20, like 12 and 8. Yeah. 4.8 rebounds. 4.8 boards a wow. game. Wow. So, yeah, second round pick. Give us our Jordan Bell second round pick back. We'll take it. <laughs> man, no shit. Uh, like I said, man, I think when you look at this roster, if they're not going to be there next year and beyond, trade them for anything you can get. Like, y'all were talking about the Miritich deal, I guess, right before it happened. Um, that was a great haul. Great haul. You take on a Sheik's contract next year, whatever. You pretty much bought a thirteen, uh, a first round pick for $13 million. That's fine. A first round pick, which... You know, best case scenario could slip down to six. Yeah, that's wishful thinking. But They're say our say well our right pick now. slips down to two. Yeah, like again, those are both best case scenarios. But we're looking at the two and six pick. Yep, like, those are, like that's absolute best case yeah. scenario. But even the even in a in the worst case scenario, I mean, let's say that pick for the Pelicans falls into like sixteen, and our pick is still top ten. I mean, you're getting. In the top 10, you would hope you're getting a guy who's going to be a starter and, you know, produce. And with that 16, I mean, what did Donovan Mitchell go last year? 16, 17? So yeah. you could still get some talent over there if you scout right. You know, I mean, we got Jimmy at 30. So I, I think, you know, people talk so much. And that was another thing with the tank. And people talk so much like you got to get a lottery pick. You got to get a lottery pick. If you do your homework, you can find some diamonds in the rough. You can find some guys that go later on in the first round that you might have to develop or that can still be a part of your core. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, 
The Pelicans have lost two in a row and two blowouts. I think they lost four of their last ten, right? Yeah. Or six of their last ten, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's not going to look good. And, you know, the other thing about the Pelicans is Anthony Davis, it's not like he's uh, Superman. I mean, he gets hurt often. So if he gets hurt, that's a really good or pick. even Or almost even if they kind of like – Shut him down. I was just gonna yeah, say yeah. that that fake hurt. Yeah. They're like ah. If they slip to the ninth foot. or tenth seed. Yeah, yeah. No foot. Him He's playing. shut him down. Like I think, right. I think that was a really bad move for the Pelicans. Yeah. I think, I think if Boogie was healthy, it's a good move for the Pelicans. They made that trade after he got hurt. I think that's a really bad move for them. You cannot keep. Um, that's a team with terrible cap space, and they keep mortgaging their future on 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 trades. They traded away the pick last year with the Buddy Hield. Um, yeah, I, I just I think that was a bad trade for them. But shout out Garpex. And I know me and T deal. touched on this. I was just going to say, I know me and T touched on this last week. Is it time to start showing them love? No. Why not? No. Why? <laughs> I think they botched that whole, uh, uh, no. I, I, what? I, I don't think it's. The I, only thing they botched, well, last year they put that whole patchy ass team on the that floor. That was terrible. That was terrible. They made the bad trade. I mean. You can give them some credit, but I don't think it's time to turn around and say, oh, now they're a good duo. I mean, I think you can't forget everything that's happened. I'm not saying that, but the, it's, it's time to show them some love, bro. The Butler deal in retrospect now looks really, really, really good. Looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, one thing you said last week is you said that there was two weeks between the Butler deal and the marketing pick. It was the same day. We were sitting here watching it. it was that was dra- the same it day? It was a draft day trade. They traded Butler during the draft. Oh, I was. you know what I, I was thinking? We drafted Trubisky, and yeah. then and then two weeks later, yeah, was the two Butler weeks thing. later yeah. was the Butler, and oh, I was yeah, like, it "Damn, was the same day." We remember, didn't. We gave up the house for yeah. Trubisky, and we I'll, were like, "Please don't draft marketing. Please don't draft right. marketing." And then and we then, traded and Butler and drafted right marketing. Yeah. Right. So, um, but again, man, yeah, those those deals worked out. So you you really can't knock it, and I, I think they made a great deal for Miritich. Great deal. I don't bro. think Miritich was worth a first round pick unless you found a desperate team to take him, and that was a desperate team. Yeah, we sold hot, and as far as uh, you know, guard packs. I'm, I'm almost not concerned about them because it's it's hard to stay in in an office for 20 years in this league unless you're super loved. And Pax is like five years away from being a 20 year, you know, uh, front office guy for the Bulls. He's had he's had a couple different roles, but I don't know how much longer. You know, like it it wouldn't be like a firing situation because Jerry's boys with them, but I think it'd be like a you know. Maybe step down now, you know? No, nah, have you? Uh, no. Nah. Dude, the no, Reinsdorf no, don't work like that. Go about 35 blocks uh, south and holler at my boy Kenny Williams, who's been there since <laughs> what? They will, yeah. Jerry is loyal. Yeah. Jerry is loyal. Yeah. He's loyal to a fault. He does, if the White Sox won one World Series, Kenny has a job for life. He, he'll reassign him as much as he has to. It doesn't matter. He will never fire. I think it's the same thing with Paxson. I think he's just, that's the type of business guy that he is. Like his, he, he, he looks at it like a business, and he knows who he can trust. How much is Reinsdorf even doing anymore, though? That's true. Yeah, he's got like, his son involved. He's not even doing it. He doesn't. I, he still makes the call, though. You think you so? You don't fire one of his longtime guys. Rick Hine couldn't go fire Kenny Williams. I'm talking about his son. Could uh, his son do it without talking to him? I doubt it. Jerry, Jerry Reinsdorf is one of the most powerful owners in sports. When the last time you seen Jerry Reinsdorf in public? No, never. Is Jerry Reinsdorf even still alive? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf yeah. low-key might be dead go, at go the crib. So- go to a Sox game. He's always, he's always at the White Sox game. I'm um, not, not going to lie. When the Bulls traded Derrick Rose initially, I found Jerry Reinsdorf's uh, grandson on Twitter, and I was about to 
unleash on him but, but i felt bad because he was like uh, you were one of those he was like he was like 12 years old so i just kept i, I didn't yeah. do, i didn't do it he probably caught some heat at school and shit yeah like. for sure <laughs> no i don't think i don't think you i don't i can't see him making a move on paxson um not anytime soon at least especially not with the with the equity he's bought with this marketing deal yeah the big equity we talking about it right now like paxson and them they, they look and say what do you mean we just made a great deal we got rid of a star, and we got stars back in return. Like, how could you get rid the of The rebuild is rocking, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it's the same thing for Fred. I think, you know, you've, you've looked at Fred by another year, clearly, because he wasn't expected to win with this team. So. I haven't looked at the attendance numbers. Oh, they're still selling tickets. That's, that's the other thing. Yeah. I, I don't know where they're at, but I would I would imagine that they're still up there in the top right. five Those in the league. Those tickets already sold, yeah. Yeah, they're so. Bulls host Minnesota on Friday. What type of... I think I know what it's going to be, but what type of reception do you think Jimmy Butler gets? Is it a standing O? Is it is it lukewarm? I think Jimmy Butler should get some claps. No video tribute. No video tribute no for video Jimmy? Tribute for he Jimmy. might, though. He might get a video tribute. His video tributes he's, are getting out of control. He's going to get a standing <laughs> O. He should definitely get the standing O to give him the respect. Like, Jimmy was a grinder. Like, say what you want to about Hollywood Jimmy and all that he became. Like, you really got to look at it and say, this dude – was the 30th pick in the draft and turned himself into one of the top 15 players in the league just by busting his ass. You know what I mean? So I, I respect that. Um, I haven't seen a player get better every year like I saw Jimmy yeah. get. Leaps and like bounds every better. year. Way better, yeah. Yeah. His offensive game, the he became a great offensive player. He's a 25-point-per-game score. You knew he had D. You knew he had dog. But, yeah, his offense, um, for sure. You never um, know, though, with these Bulls fans, like, well, I was at Joe Kim Noah and Derrick Rose's first game at the United Center as Knicks. Uh, they got a little bit of love, but Rose started getting the boos, and Noah kind of flipped on the crowd like, if you guys are going to boo Rose, like, you know, fuck you. And he, he went, he was hyping Rose up. Like, they kind of went on some, like, you know, forget this city. Rose was, like, hearing the boos. He was calling, like, for louder boos. It was, it was kind of crazy. So, I don't know. Um, Jimmy had a little less... I guess polarizing time here in Chicago, so I think he'll just get a clean standing O. Taj will definitely get that standing O um, if he's playing yeah, big time. Hey, Taj should never pay for a meal again in Chicago. Nah, Taj, Taj, Taj is Gucci. <laughs> yeah, I, no I doubt. I don't understand Boo and Derrick Rose either, man. I mean, say what you—the man didn't want to get hurt. Do you know how I feel? There, there's a lot of gray area in that in that hole. That, that's probably the most polarizing situation in Chicago sports Without history. Without a doubt, ever. Like that shit's. There's a lot in that, bro. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot, a lot in that. Um, speaking of Derrick Rose, I sent you that article today. Yeah. That's crazy. Derrick Rose still getting, what was it, $13 million a year from Adidas. And the gr- best part about that is his uh, his brother gets 250000 a year and his man's gets seventy five k. So, uh, you know, shout out Derrick Rose for putting on for his people, man. I kind of understood the the brother thing. He was, yeah. like, acting as his agent. Yeah, So sure. that makes sense. The friend thing, I think that's just a cool throw-in. Yeah. <laughs> pretty... Hell yeah. You get 75K from Adidas first for being Derrick Rose's boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's Reggie Rose, too. That's a, that's another guy who... Pretty polarizing. A lot of people don't like him. They thought that he swayed uh, D-Rose certain ways. Actually, I had him a friend... Him and BJ, right? Right. I had a friend who who got stuck outside of the United Center. Um, I think he was at the McDonald's All-American game. He saw Reggie Rose outside... Uh, he ended up accidentally buying fake tickets and uh, kind of asked Reggie if there's anything he could do, and Reggie got him into the game. So oh, That's crazy. That's a pretty cool yeah, story. I didn't expect Rose, that, man. yeah. And shout out Adidas for still cutting that check. <laughs> um, and that's crazy because 
Was yeah. it eleven million this 11 year? Eleven million per year. Yeah. Wasn't it like a two hundred million dollar deal? Twelve million per year from twenty twelve to twenty sixteen. Eleven million this year, and it also includes annual royalties of up to six point two five million per, and four point eight million in appearance fees with the use of a private plane. Those royalties only come with the shoes selling them. Shoes ain't selling, but he right. definitely gets to go to China and gets paid for that. And that's why, I like you know. If you really want to know about basketball, you know who the players are loyal to. The players aren't loyal to the team. The players are loyal to the shoe company. The fact Derrick Rose works for Adidas. He does not work for the Cleveland Cavaliers or anything like that. These dudes work for the shoe company. That's the fact that they would put in writing that his boy gets 75 bands a year is outrageous. <laughs> great. That, I, that's awesome. That's great. Like, I can't believe that they got Adidas to write that on paper. As yeah. a consultant. And like, I wonder if that's been going on throughout the entire deal because he's had that deal for, what, like, eight years? Because, listen, bro, I'm giving you 12 mil, another five for appearances, and you can't break my man. You want me? <laughs> you, you want me to you break want him us off? to break him off 75 bands a year? It's <laughs> a great deal. Like, that's crazy that they actually deal. went through with that. But, yeah, man, that was an interesting article to see. We are, it's, it's always that thing where we know how much money this deal was worth, but to see it on paper yeah, is always down. like and broken down is always there's still that shock and awe value. You know what I'm right. saying? Like not to even bring this into the conversation, but like that Ray Rice thing when he when he hit his wife. Yeah. Like we knew he hit his wife. Like we knew he dragged her out of the the elevator. But like people didn't really care until like until they saw, saw the video. Yeah. The NFL. Then did, they were, the NFL didn't care until they right. saw the video. They then it was like them. a huge outrage, right? Yeah. Like. I knew he was making a lot of money, but when I read that article, I was like, wow, this guy is really stealing in broad daylight for real. D-Rose? Yeah. Stealing in broad he earned, daylight. He earned that money. He made, yeah, Adidas, just, he made Adidas a lot of money during those first few years. Yeah, I mean, the guys like, like Andrew years. Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins signed for 250 mil, too, with Adidas. So he, <laughs> he's another guy who's like a really good basketball player, but you look at him, you're like, man. He's not this, selling any shoes. Right. Is he, is he a $250 million guy? He's I don't another, know. Another guy with no personality. Adidas has struck out a lot of guys, though. I mean, they had Dwight Howard on that big-ass deal. Yeah, they got really They've lucky with James. They had bad luck with guys. James Harden, Dame Lillard, those James are the guys yeah, right James Harden is yeah. the most solid guy they got. Um, but, yeah, they've had some bad luck. All right. Let's close out this the, the Bulls talk, and I want to ask a couple questions about this NBA talk real quick. Are the Cavs going to finish top three in the East? Because right now it's Boston, then it's the Raptors, and they're a game up on Washington and like two games up on Milwaukee. Is there any way? Yo, forget about the whole, this connotation that they could still win the East is outlandish to me. Like they have no chance in, in winning the East in my in my eyes. Yeah, I don't think they're winning the East, and th- that just like, you know, they've won the East, so they're gonna win the East. That that's got to go. Like that doesn't even that's not logical. Like the Celtics are a better team, the Raptors are a better team. I think this is the year. That Washington one of them, right now is right, a better team. A better team. It's just wa- Wall might yeah. be hot. They're six and twelve. No, they're, they're they're gonna win the night. They played Orlando. They're seven and twelve no, since Christmas. To answer your question, no. Um, if you look at this team and everything that's come about uh, about uh, out about them and you read all the stories and you watch them play, it's not like you see a run is imminent. You know what I mean? If anything, a huge swoon is what's coming. So I don't, I don't, I don't see them putting it together. It, it's a dysfunctional team. Every time you pick up Bleacher Report or whatever it is, you see some story about the Cavs this. Um, what did I see today? The Cavs aren't going to trade LeBron. Like We're talking about trading LeBron and 
All types of crazy Stephen shit. Stephen A. Smith says Dan Gilbert wants LeBron out of town. Yeah, players-only meetings. You got people saying Kevin Love wasn't sick. Like, all types of crazy shit, man. So I don't, I don't see anything good coming out of that situation. This is it for them this year. I, I did read, though, that they're trying to grab Kemba and DeAndre. Something like that, like a huge blockbuster, maybe. But without making any moves, I don't see any reason why they'll beat the Celtics or Raptors this year. The only thing that I have when I hear about them trying to go after guys like Kimba, and I don't know who they were rumored for last week, is they keep trying to get more guards that can't play D. And right, like to yeah. me, their biggest issue is playing defense. So you can get all the Derrick Roses, the Kimba Walkers. I forget who they were talking about last week. Um, you already got Isaiah Thomas. Like You keep getting all these guards that can't stop anybody, and the biggest issue that your team has is getting stops. You know, I mean, you have guys on your team that can get buckets. You don't need any more creators. You don't need any more bucket getters. You need defenders. You have LeBron James. You know what I mean? You can create offense. You can manufacture offense. They you just have too defenders. much. Stu- they just have too much stuff going on. They got D Wade. He's yeah. sitting on the bench. Yeah. They got Kyle Korver trying. They're trying to get him and get in, get him in there and get shots. They flat out don't like Kevin Love. Let's just be. Let's keep yeah. that one hundred. Never like Kevin. They Love. don't. They never like Kevin Love. They, they still don't fit. like him. Yeah, it was never a good fit. Yeah. They never accepted him into that whole LeBron, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson. They never really rocked with him like that. Right. Tristan Thompson is is having a baby with Chloe. He's on doing TV appearances. He's, he's in the whole year. He's in the whole Kardashian shit. He's not. He's not playing. He is not in the basketball. J.R. Smith is a wild card. He's been a wild card forever. He's been playing like shit though. So yeah, this is what I'm saying though. But yeah. like, but he could also all of a sudden catch fire and start yeah, going true. crazy, right? So they just got too much going on. Did Kyrie kind of see this shit and like, yo, I'm yes. out of here? Yes. Kyrie's looking like a visionary man. Like not yes. even just like a good basketball player. Like he just, <laughs> I, I read something today that he he told the Cavs, I'm not going to play one more minute with LeBron James. Um, simple like I, yeah that. i didn't click too much into it to see like at what point he said this but like he was ready to get out of there which is weird because they kind of got this like no bad blood thing but i feel like there's some bad blood is it bad blood or did he just look at this roster look at the owner look at everything and be like this team's not this team can't they can't they can't like first off this team's not going to beat the warriors so why don't we let me go ahead, get out of town, get my own squad, and try to do something else? Because this whole dysfunctional shit that we got going on is not going to do anything. Yeah. No, but, it was brilliant. And it wasn't even like this dysfunctional thing. It was like LeBron's dysfunctional team because he kind of plays GM, right? He put this whole team together. This was the team that he put together. Like Before the season, people were calling this his best team since Miami on paper. And, you know, look what it played out to be and. I mean, he still has a shot. You kind of shaking your head, though, Nick. As far as what? No, I mean, what I what I thought is, yeah, I think he saw that and he knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, I was funny. I heard this in, this interview with Durant this summer, and they asked him about it. And Durant was like, "Look, man, sometimes like if you're a hooper, you just want to be able to hoop." And I think what he was really trying to say is that when you play on a team with LeBron James, there's so much other shit going on, and you're just part of this LeBron James sideshow that. When you're an established player with a championship and with a lot of credibility like Kyrie Irving has, you, you don't really feel like you need to be a part of that anymore. You know what I mean? He knew that LeBron probably wasn't going to come back next year, so he was going to be left there on a bad Cleveland team in a place that he didn't want to be, and he didn't want to be a part of the circus anymore. Them winning that championship uh, that second year, 
probably pushed aside a lot of shit that was already there. Because all of last year, all you heard about was them defending their title. But there was probably beneath the surface shit going on last year. You know what I mean? But they were just in that championship haze. But I think Kyrie saw it, man. I don't think he wanted to be a part of the LeBron sideshow anymore. I think Kyrie's a, he, if you listen to him talk and everything like that, he's a, you know, very like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's an independent thinker, right? So he, he might not necessarily want to, it's not ride LeBron's coattails, but it's really be a part of that whole show because LeBron hijacks the entire organization. Which for guys like JR, guys like uh, Tristan, you know, Thompson. Tristan Thompson, some of these role players, that's fine. That's career changing. Yeah. yeah, that's it's, career changing. For Kyrie, it's like, number one, I don't need this. Number two, I already got what I needed from playing out of LeBron, which was a ring, right? So I'm good. Once you win that ring, bro, your mentality flips crazy differently because you're not chasing that anymore. So for Kyrie, it's like, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go play basketball with a real head coach and enjoy myself because he's a hooper. Fair enough. So they don't finish in the top three? No, not no. No, they're not. This is bad, bro. I'll say they finish third, but they're definitely not winning the East. Yeah. I Fair think enough. They can hate Kevin Love all they want to, but, they, yeah, they need him at this point. And yeah, stop looking for guards that don't guard anybody. What do you think? Do they finish in the top three? <laughs> yeah. No. Not a chance. I, I think they, they – ha- I honestly – I think a lot of people watch SportsCenter and they hear everybody talk about him and don't watch him. I've been trying to watch him as much as I can. They are awful, bro. If you watch them and just sit there and look at them play, you're like, this team is trash. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a team not be a team so much in, in a long time. Like, right. there's no camaraderie. There's no, like, there's nothing there. Anytime anyone blows a backdoor defensive often. stop, which is often, they're always looking at each other like, what's going on? Yeah. It's LeBron's never, flailing his arms yeah, left and right. Yeah, it's never like – yeah, they just have not. There's nothing there. I think Ty Lue's in a tough spot because who knows how good of a coach he is, really, first of all. Yeah. Second, yeah I, think, I think he's out the door. You know what I'm saying? He's out the door so, for sure. Yeah, I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it's ugly, and I think if if uh, if Giannis Antetokounmpo can keep playing like he's playing and keep pushing those dudes, yep. they, can take, they can push those guys all the way to four, easy, with, yeah. with Washington moving up to three. In Washington, that's a whole other conversation. They're rolling right now. They've yeah. won seven straight without, without Wall. John Wall. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Switching over to the Chicago Bears, it was Super Bowl weekend, and they were giving out some Hall of Fame nods, and our very own Brian Erlacher, middle linebacker forever, the best, one of the best, almost slipped up. That could be, that, that's yeah. a whole That's Mike, a whole episode. Mike Singletary <laughs> might have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Urlacher got indu- or got the nod on first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. Nick, we'll kick it off with you. First hear Urlacher's name. What do you think about when it comes to him playing middle linebacker? Uh, you know, really good player, man. I guess the face of that whole cover two scheme that we ran, really unique player, versatile player. Um, kind of changed linebacking in a sense. You know, linebackers before used to be big, you know, brute running, you know, run downhill type guys. He was probably one of the first guys that I saw sideline to sideline that fast at the middle linebacker position as a converted safety. And I think our defensive scheme really benefited him as a player. And that's not a knock on him, but I think if you put him in like a Ray Lewis type role in that type of defense, he's not the same player. Um, But at the same time, he he can only play in the scheme that he was put in. 
and I think he did a great job in that scheme. I think it's sometimes Brian Urlacher was overrated, though. I will say that. First ballot Hall of Famer, yeah, I think so, but I think at times um, there were other really good players around him that didn't necessarily get their due, um, and some of Urlacher's weaknesses were hidden by those players. I think those are fair ass- assessments. Um, to piggyback your point about him coming out of New Mexico, he was an animal when he was young, dude. Mm-hmm. He was very athletic. Very. He was fast. He was big. He was strong. I think it even benefited him. He, it benefited him to be in Chicago. Everybody loved him. He had a he had a he had a linebacker last name. Urlacher. Urlacher. Like yeah. I mean, it bald was just head, yeah, bald head, barbed wire tattoo, barbed wire tattoo, <laughs> <laughs> like all that shit. That jersey was everybody had an Urlacher 54, jersey. Yeah, yeah. great yeah. number. Great number. Like all that stuff goes into comes into play when you start talking legacy and and all that type of stuff. When he played every year, he played sixteen games. He had over a hundred total total tackles. Yep. So I mean, when he was playing, I take that back. And in, in two thousand eight, he had ninety three total. Um, but every other year than ninety three, when he or two thousand eight, when he played sixteen games, he had a hundred plus tackles. In 2005, he went for, like, 141. Like, that type of stuff. Yeah, that's like, crazy. He was all over the place all the time. Lance Briggs is in there, too. Lance Briggs got to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah? Lance Briggs got to be a Hall of Famer. You remember how good Lance Briggs was? Like, is it not? Before outside linebackers became, like, pass rushers and all that, like, Lance Briggs was a beast of an outside linebacker, bro. I mean, Lance Briggs... Anything that Erlacher didn't get was funneled out to Briggs, and Briggs made a lot of those plays. Like, he did his job. Like, he was a tackling machine. Um, and I think people forget, like, seven straight Pro Bowls, that's really hard to do in the NFL as a linebacker. First off, to stay healthy for seven straight years, to stay healthy playing next to another All-Pro and still stand out and be, you know, seven-time Pro Bowler. Um, I think Briggs needs to get more credit. And, like, my only thing is I fear, like, over time, people will forget about Lance Briggs. And if he doesn't get in early, he, he might not have a shot. That's my two cents on it. And that's not, again, to, to kill Urlacher, but, yeah. Yeah, their careers might have overlapped a little bit too much, but he had somebody to look up to, somebody to play with who was going to, you know, show him the right way. And I feel like he picked some stuff up, you know, regardless of how the relationship was throughout the year. And most of the time it was good. But together, when we were in that prime, that 06, that Monsters. 05, 06, 07, Man, dude, they were nasty. Yeah. I think a lot of people remember Lance for him crashing his vehicle and hopping out. And he hopped out. He left. He left, <laughs> he left the Lambo. He left the Lambo on the on the highway. On the highway. Shout out, Lance. <laughs> Yo, I mean, a very smart thing to do. Yeah. He was. He was always a smart and he was like backer. A rookie too. Yeah. He, dude. That's that's one of the smartest things he's ever done. Hundred <laughs> percent. Career could have gone a different way. Yo, low key, <laughs> low key. We used to hear, we used to hear um, stories that he called Erlacher. Oh yeah. Well, that yeah. was his boy. Apparently, that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. Apparently, Erlacher and, and Lance Briggs were like really good friends. Like they like they're really really tight. So that wouldn't surprise me. Erlacher like, came and grabbed him in the ring. Lance range, crashed his shit, here. and the first yeah. person he picked up the call was Erlacher. Erlacher was and there. Erlacher slid on him. Yeah. Let's get over here before these police get out of here. <laughs> I know somebody, man. I'm gonna call my guy. He's gonna take some time to get over here and investigate. What happens, Loki? What happens if the police pull up on Erlacher and Briggs? 
Briggs goes to jail. (laughs) No, but they, they don't both pull off. I think I think the cop lets him go because Erlacher is there. Just like Erlacher, right. Erlacher just, talks to him like, yeah. "Yo, yeah, it's just the stand-up dude. He's yeah, like all a father." American, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lance doesn't say shit. Lance just sits in the sits in the car, and Erlacher's like, "Listen, listen this is officer. like we gotta. Yeah, sorry about that, officer. We out of here. Are your kids fans? Oh, what are you guys doing on Sunday? Yeah, come on by. <laughs> Push up in the suite. Um, Did no, anybody that, get hurt? Yeah. No, nah, just a whip, just man. A whip. Everything come is on good. Fans, yeah, we out. Um, but no, man, I think that uh, that story was great. And I think I just really love Lance Briggs, man. I love those dudes who look like they don't lift weights or nothing like that. He just shows up to camp. He was kind of heavy set guy, a little bit pudgy. Yeah. Um, but just did his job, man. I mean, I think he was great. But if we're talking about Erlocker, man, yeah, Erlocker is uh, it was a He's great tandem. Hall it was a famer. great tandem. Ring of honor. Shout out Nate, the interceptor Vasher. Shout out Nate Vasher. <laughs> There's so many people we can shout out on we that. We squad. Yeah, man. Uh, what do you think about um, Erlocker and this new hair, bro? I think that shit is whack. So first off, Nikki is like really good friends with the dudes who own that company, Restore. Yeah, Restore. So um, come sponsor us, Restore. Yeah, shout out. Yes, yeah, so I don't want to mess up any sponsorship dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why he needed to do that, though. Like, the bald head was kind of his thing. Like, as you get older, like, I, I don't know. I think the bald head was kind of, he embraced it. You know what I mean? Like, you as a bald guy, man, I know you appreciated that. He yeah, was out there representing. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think it looks, he, look, he looks kind of like, I don't know. He look, it looks, looks like Brian. Funky, yeah. yeah. I still got my hair, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like, when you're losing it, just so come home. Let it go. Yeah. yeah. Come so, home. Come know. home. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Don't try to fight it. That's all you got to do. But big ups to uh, Brian Erlacher, 54, man. Consistent dude, man. Yeah, very consistent. Put in tons of service for us. Salute on the Hall of Fame nod, man. Congratulations. Tell him to get off that Trump shit, though. The Philly Eagles are the Super Bowl champions, Super Bowl 52. Man, what a ball game, first off, fellas. That shit was knocking. Um, the only thing about the whole night that wasn't knocking for me was Justin Timberlake. I thought that shit was whack. Whack. He could have kept that whole shit. Whack. Shout out the Prince tribute. No. Um, that shit was all right. Prince didn't want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least they didn't do the hologram. I thought I, I was reading Yo. that they were gonna do the hologram. That would have been crazy. Yeah, stupid, no, he definitely but. shouldn't have done that dumbass hologram. But that performance was super whack. Super whack. Yeah, the new album is super whack too. I heard that. I haven't heard it though. <laughs> I actually, I didn't think the the performance was that bad. I just thought it was. You know, it, it was actually, I think, it was all right for, like, his old stuff. But, like, that stuff was just, it came out so long ago. I was like, damn, he just dropped a new album. Yeah, but if you heard the new album, new you stuff. understand why he ain't play nothing off that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but outside of Justin, I thought the game was sick. From start to finish, it was entertaining. Yeah. Big ups to the Eagles. Nick Folds. Shout out Nick Foles. Nick Foles was balling. What a story, man. A wildcat. Yeah, shout out yeah, Lance Briggs, a wildcat, Lance too. Briggs Nick a wildcat, Foles. too. Yeah. Low-key, low some of these wildcats out here can ball. Gronkowski's a wildcat. Gronkowski's a wildcat. We got James Harden, though. Don't trip. Ah, true. That is true. He's got no swag for everybody. Left club, James. But, yeah, though that game was crazy, man. Wire to wire, too. I mean, like, it was just defense optional. It was it was just Optional. points all over the place. One thing I was thinking about my way up here, real quick. Super Bowl overs got to be hot right now, right? 
28, 25 last year, 53. There's no way it was uh, on play like 49 last year, 48 maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, what are we at 68 this year? Um, Super Bowl over might be the play going forward. Could be. T, talk to me about being around a bunch of Eagles fans because everybody that I was with was a whatever fan. Like, hopefully the Patriots don't win, but like, we don't give a fuck about the Eagles. How was it to be around like. Yeah, you know, I was I actually only watched a game with like one diehard Eagles fan yeah. and a bunch of I don't like Tom Brady, so let's have the Eagles win. And there right. was a couple big Brady fans in there too, so it was kind of dynamic. Um, but it was nice, man. None of us wanted to see the Pats win. You didn't want to see the Pats win. I didn't want to see the Pats win. I I appreciate greatness. I would. You were rooting it. for the fucking. I wasn't Pats? rooting for him, no. But I wouldn't have been mad. Damn. I wouldn't have wow. been mad. I wouldn't have been mad. I wouldn't have been mad, but I definitely could care. Like, I would definitely pull in for the city of Philly, bro. Yeah, I, yeah, I was pulling for Philly a bit, um, but I wasn't really – I was very neutral in this Super Bowl. Like, I'm happy that Philly won. I'm probably happier after the game that Philly won than I would have been if New England won. But I, I'm, not a, I'm not a New England hater. Like, I'm not a Tom Brady hater. I'm not a Belichick hater. I'm not a Tom Brady that's, hater. That's, that's, that's beautiful music to me. I love it. I love Tom Brady. They cheat, though. I don't give a fuck. Everybody cheats. If you're not cheating, you're not winning. Everybody <laughs> cheats, bro. No, not everybody. Everybody cheats. No, nah, everybody uh, cheats. Everybody the cheats. Bears definitely not cheating. We yeah, need well, to start. John Fox doesn't know how to cheat. <laughs> but uh, how happy was this dude from Philly? Yeah, my brother-in-law. He was he was ecstatic. Um, everybody I know from Philly, I'm sure, was ecstatic. The city was on fire. They were lighting shit on fire. Yeah. Talk to me about this Malcolm Butler situation. Mm. How you feel about that, Nick? I got a hot take on it myself. I've heard so many different stories. So the first story I heard was that he was sick and didn't show up till a day after the team, right? Which I guess is true. Like, he was in the hospital or something like that. Then I heard that he went to a Rick Ross concert and, like, got— He let her debunk that, yeah. Yeah, and then was, like, hungover. Then I heard he got caught with some weed— did you hear that? <laughs> I heard he got caught. Some dude who wrote on Twitter like, "Yo, my boy's a cop out in Minneapolis," and like, a hundred percent dude got caught with some weed that night, and like Belichick and them were like, "Fuck it." Um, then I heard that they went to him before the game and were like, "Yo, we're gonna play row," and he flipped out. So Belichick was like, "Fuck you, I'm not playing you." Whatever uh, it was, I bet I, I bet you that 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 probably sounds a that little that sounds more the most likely or the weed, but um, <laughs> but the thing. Just, man, unless you do something really egregious, the Super Bowl is not the time to play those games. I understand you're Bill Belichick. I understand you got a big ego and the Patriot way is over everything and it's the brand over everything. But unless he did something that was detrimental to the team, especially because they end up getting exposed by the Philly receivers, you don't take out your second best corner. And, He's and done Mitchell. that, though. Didn't, didn't Bill cut somebody right before the Super Bowl? He cut that receiver ago? last yeah. Yeah, a couple of years ago. But that dude didn't really. Yeah, no, he wasn't the Malcolm, Malcolm Butler. Butler's their no. number two corner. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, you know, I mean, he was a Super Bowl MVP three years ago. He doesn't care about that shit, though. He doesn't care. Chandler Jones was a young monster off the edge. He's gone. But I don't, he got picks for him. Same with right. Jerry Collins. Right. Yeah, that's what right. he does. But before the Super Bowl, to bench yeah. him. But I mean, but it's and the, he and he cut that receiver because he wanted to open up a spot for. Um, there was a reason behind it. There was the, no reason on this. It's the same present. It's the same. It's the same. Under the same values, though, like he believes this is the right move. Then he's gonna rock with it. Period. Like it, it's not about like swallowing his pride. He's never done that. He probably hasn't done that in ten years. No. So like he's not gonna do it now. Malcolm might have said something to him that he didn't like. He was like, "You're not playing." 
don't give a fuck about the Super Bowl that's, or not. That's the only so, situation I could see. He had to do something that was strong enough in Belichick's mind to be like, I'm not going to play him because, I mean, that's – bro, it's a Super Bowl. The, the, the Eagles got weapons. I mean, you need to you need to cover Alshon Jeffrey. You can't just leave him alone. Big ups, Alshon. Alshon. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to talk about Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. Algalore bur- burned him all game. I mean, you can't be playing with your third and fourth corners in there. You know what I mean? I just I thought that that was crazy. Does Alshon have top five receiver potential? No. Top ten receiver potential. The only no. reason I say I, I agree with Nick with how quickly he said that because that top five is crowded. It's very crowded right G. now. So is the top ten, and it's not against Alshon's a very good receiver. Alshon's not a great receiver. I mean, where was he a couple years ago when he when he was killing in fantasy? He was. I could see him being a top ten receiver. Name name ten. Julio, AB, um, I mean, AB, Julio, AB, Odell, Julio, Odell, Michael uh, Thomas, Mike Thomas, out, out in New Orleans. I mean, there's a, I, I ten Julio already, right? I, I think we could, I think we sat down and looked at ten receivers you could probably find. Oh no, there's definitely ten better yeah. right now. But I just meant potential. Yeah, he's a top twenty receiver for sure. I mean, they got him on a steal too. What they pay him like eight million this year. Like no one wanted to sign Alshon uh, in the offseason, so I mean I think they got a great deal and they just signed him for like four and fifty. So he's good, man. You know what Alshon Jeffrey does well is he makes spectacular catches. Like he's always done that. Going back to the Bears, like he makes he's able to high point balls. Like he he's a big target. Um, yeah. I, so yeah, for sure, man. That's is he better than Jordy Nelson? Yes, right now, yeah. Jordy was a beast. I got a top though, ten list right here. The 10 leading receivers? This is Fox Sports' top 10 list. They got A.B., Julio, Odell Beckham, A.J. Green. A.J. Green. Is he better than Mike Evans? No, no, no. He's not better than Mike Evans. No, Mike Evans is a beast, bro. Yeah. They got Dez here at 7. T.Y. Hilton, Demarius Thomas. DeAndre Hopkins is he's DeAndre Hopkins is yeah. better. DeAndre Hopkins is better than him. Demarius Thomas hasn't played with a quarterback in three years, so you don't know how good he is. Yeah, no, I'm not talking Alshon right now. Ooh, I just Jarvis, meant his potential. Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry who okay. might be on the, the Bears, might give him a ton of money this offseason. I couldn't be mad at that. I, I have my thoughts on the Jarvis Landry signing if we do it, but yeah. But I do, I do want to touch on this with the Super Bowl because this is what people need to take notes on. Doug Peterson was he. He was going to go down guns blazing. He was going to step on those dudes 100%. Like, all these other folks fucking around when they get in these games, like a la Jacksonville. Yep. Like, you got to go in there and win these games, bro. Like, no one's – you're not going to be able to run the clock out and do all this other shit. No, none of that bullshit. Yeah, bro, it's fourth and one. You cannot play not to lose against them. Exactly, man. It's fourth and one. You got to go for that shit. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Football – all that kneeling at the half with 50 seconds left and two nah, timeouts? No, go for it. Nah, man. Like, he, that shit, he didn't even want to kick field goals. That shit doesn't win you championships, yeah. bro. And, and that's that was the biggest thing that I took away from it was he wasn't blinking, bro. Masterpiece by Doug Masterpiece Peterson. Masterpiece by like, Doug Peterson. He said it best, man. Like, Doug Peterson was not going to wake up on Monday morning and be like, man, I really held back there. I could have done this. I could have done this. Like, no, nah, I'm going. I'm a fourth and one. I'm throwing a touchdown pass to my quarterback. I mean, like, those are ballsy calls. Like, he fully, yeah, I mean, like, that was the ballsiest shit I've seen. I mean, it was it was amazing. Yeah. And the I play mean, call in that game was incredible. People are talking about that Nick Foles came over and called that. Like, I get that, but he, Peterson, Peterson still has, has to, to give that the that. nod. He can say no. 
Yeah, he could have been like, no, nah, get your okay, goofy get your ass, ass out of here. Back right. up ass out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I mean, he, he, the, the game plan was brilliant. That was big for football, this game, I think. Like, the NFL, the past two years has been like, there's a lot of people hating on the NFL, myself included, sometimes. Um, but look at the last two Super Bowls. You got that crazy Tom Brady comeback, and then you have a crazy shootout in Minnesota. I think it's pretty big for the game, a game that's kind of, I don't know, it's been suffering lately. Like, the viewers are still there, but people are waking up and saying, like, and the viewers are going down. I don't know if I like this shit anymore. Yeah. Viewers are going down. Viewers are, viewers are going down. People are talking shit about it for sure. Yeah, I mean. I don't think the quality of the games is the NFL's issue outside of Thursday night. The NFL's issue is the NFL. The NFL just can't get out of its own way on any PR decision that they make. Any any controversy that they have, they just handle it wrong. And I think that that makes people really hate the NFL and what it represents. But I think the the product on the field is still quality. The oh, yeah, definitely. Still, outside of Thursday games. Thursday games are crazy. I don't know how they just got that big-ass $2.5 billion package. It was the Fox paid that. Yeah, two and a half billion dollar package for more Thursday. So anybody who thinks that that's going away anytime soon, I um, I did read a great idea though. Like if instead of Thursday night it was a Monday night doubleheader, I think that'd be perfect. That'd be it's, better. It's too late for that probably, yeah. but I think that'd be perfect. They don't want to lose uh, the East Coast viewers though, right? Who's gonna? Who would have the doubleheader? They would just run both of them on ABC, or another network would have it. No, they do it. They do it to open up the season every year. Right. So they do the same thing, but you lose you lose the entire East Coast on yeah, those late-ass starting games. Yeah. Plus, you lose a day. You know, right now they got three days out of the week yeah. where they're dominating. They're, the Thursday night package isn't, obviously isn't going anywhere. But, um, yeah, just back to the point. Like, I think the NFL's biggest issue just in general is the NFL. I mean, they just handle things awful from Kaepernick to Rice to the concussion shit to everything that they do. They just fall all over themselves. Great Super Bowl. I think the Thursday thing is a big gambling thing too. People like action on oh, yeah. Thursdays, the weekend, basically. Like, like that's it's a money play. It's yeah, always a money play. It's always a money play. But they yeah, have to optimize that schedule. Then at least make some really good Thursday night games. Like they're not even that good on paper beforehand, and they're just ending and up then being the ones quality. that are good. Yeah. The, the the players are banged up and it's tired. Hard to have a shit. good game. Yeah, they just played on Sunday. You had one right. day of rest, two days to prepare, and then if you got to fly, like forget about it. Yeah. I mean, your body, yeah, I mean, that's tough. Um, but you're 100% right. It's all about the gambling and the money and all that. No doubt. Great Super Bowl. Shout out Doug Peterson for stepping on their neck. Everybody take notes across the board. I I can even go as far as saying, like, that's a life lesson. Like, you got to step on. You got to go after whatever you're trying to go get. Step on these motherfuckers' necks out here, especially if you're in the lead. Like, they were in the lead, like, in that to start the game. And obviously, I had that Brady coming back in, like, the back of my head. Yeah. But it felt a little different. It felt like they could. Philly wasn't scared. Philly wasn't scared. Exactly. They weren't scared. They weren't going to have no two-minute drill. None of that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I loved how he called that game, man. I didn't know much about Doug Peterson going in, but yeah. Yeah, you found the, out. The way, the way he called that game was fucking brilliant. Big ups. Congrats to the Eagles Super Bowl 52 champ. Shout out Philadelphia. Free Meek. 